What's happening, Mark? Hey, Johnny. How you doing there, buddy? I am doing pretty swell. How about yourself? Oh, I'm hanging in there, you know, best I can. Yeah, yeah. So I went golfing the other day. Did you? How'd you make out? Uh, I did pretty good, you know. Uh, I had this really badass caddy that, uh, and I swear to God, every time I hit the ball, I felt like I was playing army golf because it was just going left, then right, and then left, and then right, you know? <laughs> but I swear, like, every time I actually caught up to my ball, my caddy was already there, and I'm like, holy shit, like, I'm hitting the best game of my life. I swear I shot just under 70, and for somebody who's only ever played golf like six times in his life before, I felt pretty good about that. That's pretty goddamn impressive. Um, yeah, well, tr not to mention, like, I, I had some money on the game, so it was it was pretty good. But, I don't know, the guy I was playing with, he was just he's a horse's ass anyway, so yeah. it's, I don't know. It was really nice. It was just very, very satisfying, you know. It, it, I believe at one point my caddy told me that I got up under more balls than a midget hooker. <laughs> okay, before I burn all our good material on our cold open here, welcome to Dang Old Podcast. <laughs> Yes, welcome to Dangle Podcast, the weekly King of the Hill podcast, where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the good parts and the bad parts and the high spots and the low spots, and we get under more balls than a midget hooker by hitting it with our patented rating system. That was a stupid joke that I shouldn't have done. And we... <laughs> ah, I love I'm it. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave, leave it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Two hot toddies! Alright, um... <laughs> Two hot toddies! <laughs> but yeah, we take two episodes, we rate them, we talk about them, we see if they hold up. Johnny, I'm getting kind of nervous, buddy. I'm get. I think we're getting to the point. I said, I, I want to say two weeks ago, I said I think we might have jumped the shark already. And okay. I, man, like... Oh, God, I, I just, I'm getting real nervous. That's, uh, that's just where I'm going to leave it. Like, that's the, the key premise of this podcast, is to see where I fell off the wagon... And, man, I see a bump in the road a-coming, and I, I'm afraid of it. If you, Yeah, I don't know. I don't think this bump is going to kick you off the wagon quite yet. I think we've still got some good stuff to go. At the very least, I'm pretty sure I can be persuasive enough to keep you in the wagon. But I, I feel you, man. It, the, the quality is... It's, we're, we're long out of the... We're not long out of the, the golden, golden years, golden era, but we're getting close. We're episode one of the not golden era. Like that's where we're kind of at. I feel like just about. I don't know. Yeah. I uh, I enjoyed a couple of the episodes we watched this week. Like more than I thought I would. I was pleasantly surprised by a few of them. So yes, I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not upset yet. I'm not. I'm not like you know crying off yet. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. But man, we're getting to a point where I'm just like, oh man. I think I even <laughs> texted you like I am not looking forward to this week. You, you did, you did. But, hey, let's be honest here. We haven't gone to the corn chip factory yet. We haven't gone stumping yet. And we haven't seen Pretty Pretty Truck Truck. So, already we're doing well. We are doing better than... You're right. We're... Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> right. You're, you're right. I, I guess I don't see the bump quite yet then. Never mind. I saw the Not sign quite. that says speed bumps ahead two miles. There you go. There Something, you go. Two, I don't know. two seasons. Two seasons ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Mark, about, you yeah, want to get going it, with yeah. this? Hell yeah, buddy. Let's uh, kick this pig. Where where are we uh, got? Or what? Wow, uh, what do we got? <laughs> so we're actually going to start today's uh, podcast with episode 85, The Perils of Polling. This is not a golf-related episode. That's the other one for this. So I apologize <laughs> if you were expecting that, but nope, this one's a lot less entertaining. Uh, we have an original air date of October 1st, 2000, uh, written by Mr. Jim Debetrove. Dotrieve, excuse Dibitrove. me. 
It's Debatrope. It's Debatrope from here on out. I'm not even even going to apologize. Guys, if you're picking up this podcast right here and now, Debatrope is now always and shall forever be known as Dotrieve, unless I'm specifically talking about Bill. Um, Jim Dotrieve, if you're picking up this podcast, we know your name. It's just funnier to make a joke about Debatrope. It really is, and I hope you enjoy it. It means we love your stuff. Um... Okay, our cast of characters for The Perils of Polling. We have Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Rooks Epperson, Ted T. Ganaway, Mrs. Fetter, presidential candidate George W. Bush, and an unnamed man cameo. Unnamed man cameo. I, yeah. I'm going to amend your character list really quick and say it should at least have a cameo with Mitch the Pig. It should be Mitch the Kit Pig, yes. Uh, we're going to amend that. And at the risk of the fact that this is a, a show that takes place in Texas, it has a lot of Texas love and everything else, and they have pe- they have legitimate Texas icons that come on this show. Really surprised we never got a Stone Cold uh, cameo. Um, the the really? presidential, we never did. And it's like, dude, you guys got Macho Man? Why the hell couldn't you have also gotten Stone Cold Steve Austin? Like, that just makes sense in the same or goddamn Or Shawn episode. Michaels. Or, or Shawn Michaels, who was also very Texas. Holy shit. You, you, yeah. Anyway, it's a missed, it's a missed beat here. Um, but our, right. pres- our presidential candidate at the time, and uh, as of a very suspicious election five weeks into the future here, um, is Mr. <laughs> George W. Bush, but it is not voiced by George Bush. So unfortunately, he does not get the Ann Richards treatment. It, but it is Ann Richard and Hank in the Great Glass Elevator, it is. right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, which is that's why it's like I'm really sad that we didn't have a potential actual presidential candidate do this because it would have taken him like maybe an hour to record the three lines that he has. Yeah, and he could and he it would have been like I don't know, I don't know how people well in I don't feel think about that, this show, I don't but. think that he would have signed off on it though because this episode's kind of making fun of him. Yeah, but that would have made him so much more likable. I would have liked him way more than Gore at that point. I, I don't want to talk about it. We'll talk about it in a minute here. I got some <laughs> shit. To, I got some shit to say about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But uh, he was voiced by one Tim Ward, so I want to give him credit for that. Thank you, Tim Do we Ward. Know for... Tim Ward from anything? Um, I can take. I can take a look. The name does not look familiar to me. Like, um, like I, I haven't seen him stick out in anything. So let's see. He's known for Billy's Bad. Okay. Um, Falling Fire, Star Hunter. He hasn't done anything since 2000, 2002. He only, he only has five credited uh, voice acting or acting credits on IMDb, and King of the Hill is not one of them. Okay. So I'm going to guess Tim Moore didn't do a whole bunch. Yeah. No, Except you know for, what? You know yeah. what I'm thinking of is uh, Burt Ward, the the original Robin. That's what I'm at. That's where something, my brain is. Something, something, Burt Ward. This thing writes itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, just sidebar. I was listening to fucking Propane Boom today. I don't know if you saw that guy hit us up this morning at like 3 a.m. asking Mm-mm. what our favorite two-parter was, and I said Propane Boom, and um, I got on there, man. I hate to suck my own dick, but my line of it's a small town bait shop in Buttfuck, Texas, you're not getting any money out of it. Still fucking brilliant. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm like laughing my ass off by myself at 4 a.m. in produce, and they're just like, what? 
What's wrong with old Mark? Oh, we don't talk to old Mark. He's he's crazy than a fucking road lizard. Anyway, something something, Burt Ward. Uh, so that should lead us right into a synopsis. What do you think? Hell yeah. Uh, so our synopsis for this episode, Bobby saves a pig from drowning at the, at the fair and earns a trip to meet George W. Bush at his campaign for president. Hank is not a fan of the candidate's handshake. Yeah, and and also it's a very special episode where Luann learns why she should vote. It, it's true, and I go... Oh. I feel like you and I railed last episode or two episodes ago or both of them about how much we hate small-time government. And it, it equates yeah. to big-time government, too. So at the risk of repeating ourselves, this is going to be a fun episode, guys, because Mark and I have a lot to say about our fucking government. I also want to point out that for you and I, this would have been the first election that you and I actually... Like, I was in shit? sixth grade. I remember being in sixth grade when this episode aired. Or, like when, or yeah. not this episode, when this... When all this shit was going on, um, I still have a paper where they declared uh, John Kerry the winner. No, not Kerry. Uh, Al Gore the winner. Al Gore. Yeah. yeah. We, we did a mock election. We did a mock election when I was in the fifth grade for this, where everybody yeah. got to vote for whoever they wanted. It's a, it's a weirdly like, um, I don't know what you call that. I guess just memorable more than anything. But like, this was the first time that politics mattered to me. I know that like. I remember I got in trouble because I drew X's on Bob Dole's eyes when he was running against Clinton in 96 or whatever. <laughs> well, he is and my mom's like, limp. you're not allowed to do that. And I was like, I don't like him. I like Bill Clinton. Why? I like Bill Clinton. I don't know what was wrong with me, but like, yeah. <laughs> boy, my grandparents hated that one. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, this was a very like, it's a thing you notice. It's a thing you remember. You kind of always remember your first time. And goddamn, do, does this, did this one drum up some kind of gross memories for me? God, well, and it's it was such a shit show. Yeah. Like, the whole thing was such a shit show. But, uh, well, let's get into a little bit of, like, actual King of the Hill before we start yes. railing on, on American politics. We can't, do, we can't do politics two weeks in a row. This ain't dangle politics, Cass. It's not. It's not. Um, so our A story for this, really, I put Hank and Luann. There's really nobody else that's, that's super involved in this. It's mostly Hank. It's partially Luann. There's no real good B story unless you want to talk about Dale's trip down to, to Mexico. But, like, even then, that is not really a B story because it's a sub A. Sub-boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you want to jump into some notes, man? Yeah, let's do some notes. Do you have any notes for me, buddy? I do, I do. Um, so I, I've got one kind of personal note and then a couple just kind of silly things that you and I can divulge on. Um, okay. So my first election that I voted in was 2008. How about you? Uh, if I'm being honest, I don't – so I've got a whole deal about it. But the first one I actually voted in because it was might have been the only time I thought it actually mattered was uh, 16. I voted for Hillary. Mm. No shit. Okay. Well, so okay. So here's my problem. I didn't like Obama when he came out. I thought that Obama was a weird hype train, and it bothered me. Okay. And I thought it was like this weird trendy thing. But I also like pre- popular vote doesn't pick the president. It's not a thing that happens, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But then, like, what was it? 2012. Uh, Obama and Romney. I straight up just missed that one. And I remember, like, I was watching election returns with Josh and Christine, and um, like. I, I saw how close it was, and it kind of stuck in my head. I was like, fuck, maybe this is more important than I'm giving it credence. But then right. with 16, I was like, okay, Orange Oompa Loompa Man can't win. I have to vote for that fucking bitch. But, like, <laughs> because my candidate didn't get it. Because my candidate got 
horned out because we weren't ready. Because, you know, apparently sexism works both ways. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I... Whatever. I, I, don't, I don't need to talk about that either. But, like, yeah. And then, are we here um, to talk about how progressive we are, Mark? I voted for Sanders. I want Sanders. I've wanted Sanders for five fucking years. No, for, like, ten fucking years. Like, yeah. And barring Sanders, I want Elizabeth Warren to make a run for it. I yeah. hate Joe Sanders Biden. Sanders and Warren are both. I straight up didn't vote in this last election because, like, you know what? The world was already going to end, so nobody cares. You know, like, I vote local. I, I always uh, vote local elections and then, like, midterms, but... I don't. Fair. I don't care about president. I. It's dumb. And if you tell me it matters, I'm gonna tell you you're full of shit. Like, I don't know. But that's me. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I see. I grew up in a very conservative household. My mom was the one of the Republican candidates when I was in middle school for mayor of of our town. Like she oh, wow. ran, and and she got like I want to say 35. percent So it wasn't like a total blowout, but um, that's she did a pretty not win, solid. That's pretty solid. Like it. It was. It was. And. Uh, yeah, like, I, I was raised very conservative and everything else, and I just find it hilarious that, like, almost the millisecond I got into college, I transformed into the liberal asshole that I am now. And I went, you know, I really, I just want people to have uh, everyday rights and human things, and I think that's what they deserve, and uh, conservatives don't usually give a shit about that. It's mostly about how we, how can we, how can we milk the fucking world for as much money as possible? So, uh, literally... The second I got into college, I became a liberal, and I have voted liberal ever since. Like, every single Oh, election. yeah, like, no, I vote liberal all the time. I think I'm more of an independent, because I also don't agree with a lot of liberal shit, but... Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that was... My first election was 2008. I'm, I was, that's interesting to hear that yours was 2016, but not surprising in the least. Well, um, I was... So I registered independent... Um. God, that was, like, my first year of college. Well, no, it would have been 08 I registered independent... But I sure shoot and didn't vote for, um, who the hell did, uh, McCain? I didn't vote for McCain. Right. Or like, I didn't, I didn't really care for McCain either. I didn't like, I didn't like him or Obama. And I was kind of like jaded and you know me, dude, I'm the one who will say I hate Marvel movies because everyone tells you you have to like them. And yeah. in college, I kind of felt the same way about Obama. Like everybody was saying, oh, you gotta love him. I was like, no, no, I really no, don't. I really Stop don't. it. Like. <laughs> And, 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 like, that was my freshman year of college, and you know how, listeners, you all know, too, like, how bad do you get beat over the head with political shit when you're in college? Like, yeah. and it was everybody doing it, and I was just, I was already burnt out, and I was like, I don't even know who this guy is, I don't like him. But, I, I don't know, what, I have nothing against Obama now, I just, at the time, oh, yeah. I was an obstinate prick, and I still am, but, you know, <laughs> different Hey, now. I probably, I probably would have voted for McCain if he hadn't picked, um, um, like, dumb shit Confederate Barbie as I can see Russia mate. from my house. Yeah, yep. like li I really had no problems with him. I mean, the dude's a damn war hero. You can't do too much about that. But I also anyway, really, okay. as long as we're on him, I I think McCain's one of the only people to ever come out and like. There was that one debate, and the woman stands up and goes, "Is it uh, something to the effect of Obama's a Muslim who's going to kill our children or some shit like that?" And McCain goes, "No, he's not. Shut the fuck up." Like I'm paraphrasing. He actually but, straight up defended. Yeah, and it's like, okay, you're a good person. Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, moving on. We're not doing a dang old Pollockast. Pollockast. It's only been 10 minutes, man. We're good. I know. Um, I so. just, I don't want to get too horned up for this because I'm, <laughs> we got it. Okay. Um, geek beep rules, Johnny. We get too horned up. We're giving ourselves the beep. All right. Fair enough. Fair okay. enough. Okay. Um, so my next note here, I, I took note of all the different things that Dale is buying for Christmas gifts. Yes. And I just was kind of curious what you thought about it. Cause some of them make sense. One of them. 
does not at all to me. <laughs> I think that's a very sweet little bit, but I cannot... Is it Nancy and the Onyx chessboard? Yes, because... So he buys cologne for Boomhauer. Uh-huh. He does gets smell a like dust, Boomhauer? Right? He gets a yeah. duster jacket and... Uh, uh, oh, my God. Umbrella? Umbrella, thank you. I brain fart right there. And an umbrella for Joseph also makes sense because Joseph's a weird little creep. Yeah. And so it makes sense that he would wear a fucking duster. Um, and then, yeah, uh, since when does Nancy know how to play chess? And honestly, out of the, she's probably the dumbest adult on the in the alley. I would, I would rather play chess and we would be more of a challenge against Bill than it would be against Nancy. We've done Nancy boys, right? We've done Nancy boys, yes. I was going to say about her and Red Corner playing strip chess, but we've already done Nancy boys, so yeah, I don't know. Exactly. So I'm like, eh, it just doesn't make sense. But also, uh, I want a fucking Onyx chessboard. I have no need for it, and I hate cha- I hate playing chess. But damn, does that se- sound classy as hell. You know what I want? I want a cutaway scene where her and Peggy are playing chess, and they're doing it wrong, and they disagree on the rules, and they like oh, get in a God. fight about it. That needs to be, yeah, like the, the cold clothes. You can't castle out a check, Shug. I can do whatever I want, Nancy. Like... <laughs> Uh, since when am I allowed to double jump, Nancy? You tell me that. <laughs> Peggy's double jumping with the horses. <laughs> well, clearly, they're horses. They can jump. Horses do not move in L's, Nancy. Anyway. Yes. Okay. Um, and then the last last note I got in here is this is the second mention. Dale brings it up when he's talking about gift ideas because uh, he wants to know what Hank has got him. This is can the I guess? second mention. I bet you're going to get it right away. Is it a cap snaffler? It is a cap snaffler. Mark, what the I... hell is a cap snaffler? <laughs> Snaffles caps off jars and lids. Yes, it does. <laughs> it is uh, It is a buy by TV uh, item from Ronco Industries. Ron Popeil. And his set it and forget it nonsense. He is the originator of the cap snaffler. It's and basically where did we just see like, it the first time? Uh, it's in Won't You Be My Neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, as Dale says. You know, if if you pick right, then you get all those prizes. But if you pick wrong, you get a cap snaffler. <laughs> yes. But yeah, basically, it's this little tiny jimmying tool that uh, old women apparently need to get the caps off of their shit, like. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like, really, I don't understand the use of a cap snaffler. It's a fucking bottle opener. <laughs> I, you know, you can't have, what are they called, church keys in your house because drinking beer is a sin if you're old. I don't I don't know. I don't, shit, me. I don't know. I've got a really fun um, um, bottle opener that I, it's going to make its way down to you because it can't come with me to Germany. But <laughs> it's going to make a lot of people happy in your house. And by a lot of people, I mean you. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> it, it looks like a channel lock but it's yeah it's so badass um cool. yeah so uh, those are my notes man what you got because then we can dip into pros and cons yeah 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 so notes um number one and i'm right reading this verbatim from how i wrote it that three is not a german three that's a six and i <laughs> i thought of inglorious bastards i don't know why but like that's the giveaway scene in inglorious bastards when he holds up the three and he makes the six in asl yep and yep. it's the, the the three, and that's not a German three. I don't know. That's me being dumb. Um, <laughs> God damn this episode. Okay, so this episode was really divisive for me in that like I hate fairs. I I, I have talked about how I try yes. to escape my shit kicker past, but at the same time, fair food is delicious, and it made yes. me really miss fair food. Fair um, food is acceptable. 
Yes. Yes, it is. I would... Oh, God. They used to do this deal... I, I can't even talk about it, because I'm going to get an erection, and I'm not going to get an erection on the feed. But, like, <laughs> I love fair food. I just love fair food. Suffice it to say, it's, like, it's almost like I would go to the Stampede in Monta Vista for one, but then I have to be, you know, neck deep in shit kickers, and that ain't me, babe. Um, is Ted Ganaway voiced by Billy West? Uh, I can take a look real quick. I don't honestly know. I don't need... I don't really need an answer. I just... I had that as a note. He sounds very Billy Westy. Billy West is all over the show, so like nope. David Herman. David Herman. Okay. See, yeah. Okay. David Herman and Billy West, I think, might be the same person because you don't see him in the room together ever. Right. <laughs> um, Bush Country is a fantastic name for a porno magazine. Yes. The scene with Mitch the diving pig is way too accurate. I just got done saying how much I hate county fairs and shit kickerisms and all that good stuff. And boy, uh-huh. that I, all of it, like the exploitativeness of it, the grossness of it, the final Mitch's fishes who like does the cannonball instead of the forward dive. The whole every every second of it is perfect. <laughs> Even the people who use of Johnny Cash. Yeah, second note, follow up to that. I wonder <laughs> if the Cash. I and I know, I don't know. I know we'll never get an answer to this question. But do you know the story of Preparation H and the Johnny Cash estate? Uh uh-uh. uh so Preparation H used uh, Ring of Fire in one of their commercials. And, oh, uh, God. June Carter Cash sued the shit out of them. And I just like to think in an alternate universe, um, Homeboy got sued the shit out of for using Johnny Cash in this. Um, I like, so we just saw in Peggy's fanfare, uh, Hank's water rescue technique of he takes his shoes off. Bobby in this one takes his shirt off. I like the Bobby versus Hank water rescue techniques. I just think it's a fun bit. It's not yeah. the same thing. It's not the same thing twice. These are two different characters doing two different things, and I love that. I don't know why I put that in. Do you have a weird name, Doc? Oh, oh, oh. Um, when Hank is talking about uh, the other Hank Hill. Hank P. Hill. Yeah. And Who I know we've talked about MasterCard bill. Yeah, I know we've talked about you and John Schneider from Dukes of Hazard and Pa Kent yes. on Smallville. Do you have any other weird doppelganger name or any name doppelgangers? Uh, I mean, Schneider is incredibly common, uh, so much so to the fact that when my wife applied for her job in Europe and had to, like, do interviews and stuff, they thought she was from Europe because that's how common it is. It's literally translates to Taylor over there. So it's super interesting. No, there's a, I mean, John's a very biblical name. Schneider's a very popular name. There's probably shitloads of us everywhere, but. But have you ever run across them? I have not. No, okay. I've never met another John Schneider in in person. The only okay. one I know of is that no talent ass clown John Schneider from the Dukes of Hazard. Go watch Smallville and talk to me because Paul Kent is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had there's a there's a Mark Jones in El Paso County who has the same birthday as me, but he's like ten wow. years older. Um, he's Mark C Jones. I'm Mark Z Jones, and apparently in 2007 he pled guilty to felony drug possession. And so for a long time there and still I get flagged from him. Like um, I was doing when I, I used to drive truck for Budweiser and right. during and during the like interview screening process, I get a call from their HR and she goes, yeah, um, your background check flags some stuff. And I was like, OK, that's kind of weird. I've never been in trouble. And this HR woman goes, it says here in 2007, you pled guilty to felony drug possession. And I was like, I was in high school in 2007, ma'am. And she's like, what? And come to find out, dude has the same birth date as me. He's like, I think he's like 78, though, instead of 88. 
Okay. And then um, there was a dude who owned the Rialto Hotel down in Del Norte, and he died on May fifth, or he died on May tenth. And on May thirteenth, which happened to be Friday the thirteenth, I slipped my wrist on a piece of glass and had to get stitches. And as I was in the ER waiting room, I read my own obituary, and it was kind of a trip. But that is surreal. Yeah, but there's also a thousand Mark Joneses, so like again, Schneider, John Schneider, Mark Jones, like we're not unique boys. <laughs> I mean, we are, we are, but you and the I rest are. of them are all opposers. Oh, and also, I'm in Futurama for how uh, beige is my sweater. <laughs> awesome. Um, Jesus, this episode didn't hold up. I just have that as a note. Yeah, uh, Goober Smooches is back. Yep. Yep. And finally, if I tell you it won't come true, so Johnny, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to vote for Trump in 2024. Please do. <laughs> Please do. Please. Give me your pros, shut buddy. Up, sh- shut up all those uh, those uh, non-red pillars and all those uh, sheeple and please. Yeah, Cucks please. and groomers yeah. and libtards. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> Guys, uh, I want to I make this very, very clear. Mark and I don't hate conservatives. We don't hate Republicans. We hate people that, don't, that love Donald Trump because the man is a fucking menace. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's fair to say I kind of hate a lot of conservatives, but I, I, I have no problem with conservative values. Keep your – don't put your Jesus in my government. You know, that's not a mix that we can all get down on, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but that's a liberal sentiment now. It's not a Republican sentiment. I don't know. I just, I hate (laughs) masculine Christianity. It pisses me off. I don't. Yeah. Um, Let's get into pros, because we're we're, we're beeping again. We're beeping. Um, Give me your pros. Give me your pros. uh, So I already mentioned an excellent use of Johnny Cash. I am always, always into Johnny Cash. And I don't give a shit that I only know like four songs from him. Those four songs I could listen to for every day until the day I die and probably be okay with it. Um, did you Do you know that Robert Parigi was not actually a presidential candidate in 2000? I, I kind of assumed it was like a, a made-up name, but yeah. He is uh, – it is a made-up name, but it is an intentional made-up name because Robert Parigi is the name of a producer on King of the Hill. So that's them poking fun at somebody. I have to imagine he is uh, some sort of, uh, he must have done something to like get their goat or, you know, he's probably the in-house commie and they thought it would be hilarious to include him and make him the commie candidate. Yeah, or it's like putting uh, John Altshuler on the uh, docket to kill a man. Yes, exactly. Those little Um, inside bits. I really, I really like this this side of Hank and Luann struggling, especially when she goes and knocks on the door and just starts harassing him with the the manger babies. Oh God, yeah, like it's yeah. so on point. And then Hank is he's trying his damn hardest. He knows that it, all it takes is one sentence, and she's gonna bust out and cry. And he even forewarns her, like, "Nope, stop this before I call you an idiot and you get upset about it." And she doesn't stop. You're a communist. Eeyah, eeyah. And just like starts, okay, fine. Fuck it. You've had it. This is it. I love that. I love that struggle because he eventually comes around on her. Like, nope, I understand that. Like, I made you believe how important this is. And now I'm going to bust my ass to get back in time. Yeah. So I thought it was very, it was a very good progression between the two of them. Because, gosh, she is so annoying in this in the best way. Yeah. I, I wasn't happy to see the manger babies, but it is you're right, it is a good scene. Well and it's and it's Or so good use little. good use of them, I guess, not Yeah, scene, it's like yeah. fifteen to twenty seconds of manger babies, that's about as much as I can handle at any given day. So it's a perfect amount for that episode. And then yeah. 
I I really love Dale in this episode, and I there's something about his line of I've got a theory, but it involves the largest mirror in Texas, <laughs> and I really want to hear this theory. Like I want to hope that somebody actually thought up of of how this would all work using a giant mirror. But yeah, ugh. it's, it's really... one of those jokes that I'm never gonna get resolution on. Like when I'm whenever I'm watching Futurama and they show Amy's tattoo and they say, "Oh, they're never gonna be able to see the resolution on those those archaic TVs." I've always wanted to see that, even though I know that's the joke. Yeah. But. <laughs> um. So the, those are my pros. Like, there's not a whole lot here. It really, it's. You know, you guys used a lot of your your background stuff well in this episode, like yeah. good music, good good use of of side character things like that. But overall, I we didn't even talk about the bulk of the episode, which is Hank getting pissed off that George W's got a limp handshake. Yeah, yeah. So that's so let's talk about it real quick. So like, um, he's back in George W, and then he meets him at the he meets him at the convention thing or whatever, the rally. I don't know what you call it, fundraiser beer hall pushed, whatever, um, and talks to him for a second and then shakes his hand and then realizes that for some reason a man's handshake literally tells you everything about a candidate, okay? It's it's a very Hank moment to have. And then mm-hmm. on the flip of it, um, he tells Luann how important it is to vote, and so she backs a communist candidate because he she likes his tie and his little eyebrows. And, and his yeah. little mustache. And his little mustache, yeah. And his... his shirt is white and his jacket is blue and his tie is red and yeah and then she yeah. falls in love with george bush and then hank doesn't vote and luann gets bent out of shape and hank goes to mexico with dale to wait out the oncoming war which man dale was kind of calling it calling that shot yeah. out, of third, out of left field and boy i don't like i don't like it when dale's right no it's kind of terrifying it's it's like how hellenium predicted covid like I'm almost getting to the point where, like, King of the Hill did it. Not as well as Simpsons does it, but King of the Hill predicted it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, do you got any pros for this that I haven't already pointed out? I've got a couple. Um, I like the parallel stupidity between Hank and Luann. They're both idiots in this. Yes. But for different reasons. It's it's appearance versus a handshake. Like, you know, okay, I would hazard to say that probably the best president we've ever had was Jimmy Carter, and I bet you Jimmy Carter had a limp fucking handshake. Oh, probably. You know, like, but then at the same time, like, I, I guarantee Dick Nixon's handshake was miserable. I just like, I like that. I like how they are equally dumb. And yeah, like, Bill calls it out too. And then they, like, have to spell out the plot for you, which makes me, which makes me feel bad for having it as a pro when they literally spell the, like, plot out for you. I, King of the Hill doesn't make you feel dumb a yeah. lot. But in this one, I feel like they're really talking down to their audience. Um,. But Dale and Bill are our heroes in this episode. I really like both Dale and Bill in this episode. And especially okay. because Dale, or because Bill is able to call it out and goes, he calls out Hank on the deal. Like, well, you don't like the guy because of his handshake? Well, that's as dumb as, you yeah. know, the way he looks. Like, that's a good Bill moment. I liked it. It's cool to see Bill, like, not be a pant load. Um, Dale's trench coat is a definite pro for me. Cap's snapper <laughs> is a definite pro for me. And once again, I'm reading this note as I wrote it verbatim. Peggy's counterpart. That woman who she's doing the voting <laughs> shit with. I like yep. that Peggy gets somebody who's worse than her, and it's kind of it's kind of cool to see somebody worse than Peggy. I love that a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. How about cons, buddy? Um, I so I, I you already hit one of them very very early on in this episode, and it just it just said you know I wrote this episode is super dated. It does not play back well. 
Um, this is well, a especially time in America, because of how all that shit shook out. And yeah, well, and this was a time in America where that like, God, we didn't have a lot of problems going on. We had a lot of money because of uh, Clinton. Like we actually weren't, we didn't owe anybody anything. We actually had a surplus at that point. Like most of our our economy was really strong. We hadn't shipped over everything. Everybody was making millions off of internet bubbles and all this shit. And so it was a great really, time. Yeah. This was the last time that yeah. America was good. Like. Oh, I'd God, be, you yeah. know, I'd be surprised if 24 Democrats don't back, like, make America great again in its own way. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, trying but, to back to it, to, like, to the Clinton era or something, but... They, but yeah, they romanticize the politics of all this stuff, and, and it's just really, it's bizarre. It's bizarre to see everybody, like, like, so rah-rah up in arms. Yes, this is your, you know, your duty and everything. It's very on point for King of the Hill, but it's just so weird to see knowing that in a year and a half no not even a year less than a year at this point we're going to hit 9-11 yeah and everybody's going to feel this and it's not going to be the joke but you know like i i also as much as i don't like george bush because george bush is a piece of shit and a war criminal and all this stuff um he wasn't he didn't run on the campaign of being a war hawk president like no. The fact that we are the right. way we are is, is largely because of Dick Cheney, who restructured the government during, like, the first two hours of 9-11. Like, he assumed control of the entire United States government during 9-11 while Bush was in yeah. Florida. So much of it is just, like, bad timing, and I do honestly feel a genuine swell of pity for George Bush. And then he ran for a second term and doubled down on all of his stupid shit. Like, goddamn, I just... Yeah. And then I also hate America because we just endorsed that shit. Like, I, whatever. I, again, beep, beep. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. That's the only con I have for this, but it's a big con. Like, it's the romanticization. romanticization wow, that's not a fucking word. The <laughs> romance that we have with our politics in this country, I think, especially with the availability of the internet and in information and news and everything at light speed now that is why we are in such a shit show 20 years later yeah well it's also so. like man fucking bush back no child left behind that's why that's why i'm not in education because i can't fucking teach to standardized testing because it's not what education is like yeah oh god it, it depresses me it brings me down so hard listeners Write your Congress people and say we're not doing standardized tests anymore. It's so wrong. Every beep beep. Sorry. God damn. Here we go. Second one from me. I'm just <laughs> calling it. Um, give me give me some cons, man, because we're almost out of this, and then we can go to the much better episode. Yes. Here we go. Con George Bush. Con the Mitch scene is too accurate. People know this. It is studied. They have seen this. The guys are wrong. Just as a general note, and I understand they're kind of like. I think the guys have to represent like a lens of society or, or, or a mirror to society a little bit in this one. A two part. Uh, uh, okay. Sorry. A representational democracy should not be boiled down to a two party system. Like right. Democrats and Republicans shouldn't exist or they should, but like there's also more than just one. You know what I mean? Like uh -huh. it shouldn't just be have black and white. Yeah. And the best example I ever heard was some guy talking about how politics in India work. There's like 40 different parties in India and it's yeah. all representational democracy. And it's always like the two main parties are always the two that are in the like running, but every now and then they'll get this weird, like dark horse that can kind of like shake it up a little bit. But like, it's why Bernie Sanders will never be president because the Democrats won't back him and Republicans think he's like the fucking antichrist. Right. 
but he could run as like a third party. And if America understood that a third party could like do something, then maybe we wouldn't be so screwed at like we are now. He, yeah. Waste your vote on a third party candidate. Like, <laughs> he is the best example of a functional third party. You know, the third, the, the green party and, and the wags and all this other, like all these stuff we've been raised our entire life to believe like these fringe candidates, they're never going to go anywhere because their ideas don't make any sense. They want to do weird shit, like allow people to like screw dogs or, or like legalize human, human body parts selling for, I don't export or some shit. Like, you know, like they, they phrase it like that. And it's like, no, in reality, our third party candidate, like the best possible one we could possibly get the progressive candidate, because that's what they are. It's people yeah. like Bernie Sanders or Warren or AOC. They want a lot of, of liberal values and they want a lot of conservative values all together. Yeah. You know, this is, it's a perfect mesh of both of them. And honestly, a lot of us registered independents like you and me, that's what we want because you know what? You're helping the people. You're not helping your, your democratic overlords, your conservative overlords. Like you're, Could you're you doing imagine shit we're, to help we the people. run by lobbyists. Like, oh, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm imagining Lionel Hutz just shuddering in a world without lawyers right now because that's what that's what a world without lobbyists would be. <laughs> and it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Okay, we're beeping ourselves. We got any more cons, buddy? Uh, Luann, this entire episode, she's annoying. I don't like the yes, major baby is. showing up. I don't like her and her infatuation with candidates based on their appearance. And then I don't like her having to flip the script to be the hero of the episode. And, but Uncle Hank should be voting. Nah, just, I don't like her. I don't, this is, this is okay. like one of my first bad Luann episodes, I think. I, okay. God, I'm glad to be back here and not loving Luann. <laughs> well, she's here and she doesn't need to be. You could have made anybody this character. Well, no, because like, no, because the guys are too jazzed up on it. Like, Peggy votes. We like Peggy has the thing. You, ha- it has to be Luann. Like, Bobby's too young to vote. It, it has to be her. I just don't like her in it. Just, I don't like this episode though. This is a shit episode. Like, I, I'll just say it. Like, okay. Well, let's get to some favorite moments, buddy. Because I don't have any retro rage for this, other than like. The idea that people still vote on paper ballots. I mean, I still do, but most everybody in big major cities and shit doesn't do that anymore. It's all a machine. Yeah, I do my, uh, what do you call that, uh, write-in or what? Not write-in, but you know, yeah. yeah. I do paper Mailing. too. I, yeah. Mail, thank you. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Favorite moments. You go. <laughs> I've got two. Okay. Uh, Bobby, no, that's pig water. <laughs> yeah. <There's> a, <laughs> that's pig water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's her delivery on it. It always kills me. Uh, Fantastic and it's the same line, as, yeah. And the same as the response of Bill screaming, Call me, go home! And Luann just going, okay, and walking into her house. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> That's it. Like, I, I had to kind of scrunch for this. I, I could say almost the entire trip of Dale going into Mexico with Hank is, is a favorite moment of Dale, but... It's unfair to do that because it's we rely too much on Dale. I, though, man, this is another one where, like, if Dale wasn't in it, like, this it would, would be, be a, unwatchable. This would be a charcoal. Unwatchable. Yeah. Um. But yeah, how about you, man? You got favorite moment? No, you hit it. It's it's pig water, <laughs> but that's not even that great. It's literally a single it's line. Pig like, water. I just all of it. No. Let's rate her. Okay. I got a rating system, and you're going to have to back me up on this a little bit, or maybe help me okay. out it. I want to do this like American presidents. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> and the caveat is it can't be anybody pre it can't be anybody pre 1992, right? Pre, so it's the very before 92. That's what I meant. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, after post 92. Post 92, Nobody right? after 92. Okay, okay. All right, all right, so at the very bottom of the barrel, the very 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 worst of the worst is our charcoal. Charcoal is a piece of shit episode. It is crap. It is a turd. In this case, it is William Henry Harrison, who wasn't really even a president because the dumb bitch died from pneumonia after 40 days in office because he delivered a speech without a coat like an idiot. I would agree. Above that is Megalo. They weren't really, it's not a bad episode, but it's really not a good episode. If you're hungover in the morning watching this, you're going to be like, all right, I might watch it. I don't know. But there's not a lot of good in it. There's not a lot of redeeming qualities, but it's, you'll still watch it. You're not going to shut it off. You're not going to go see like what Walker, Texas Ranger is doing. And in that case, I'm going to give it to um, Andrew Jackson. He was a real piece of shit, but he did some all rightish things for, you know, the American folks if they were white. If you weren't white, well, that was probably the worst you could get. Looking at you, Trail of Tears. You see, I'm gonna, I'm not going to give it to Jackson. You can. I'm going to give it to the Gipper Ronald Reagan because he's a giant piece of shit that should never have been president. Ooh, Reagan's better. You're right. I'm amending it. It's, it's Reagan. He just completely raped everybody in the middle class. So, uh, you no, know, honestly, he holds that title with Jackson. I think that's a fair comparison. <laughs> but he did some all right-ish kind of things, maybe kind of sort of. I I can't tell you what they were, but whatever. Um, above he gave that us is Nancy Reagan. The blowjob queen of Hollywood. Let's deny AIDS and kill our best friend, Rock Hudson. Oh, by the way, we're also going to empty out all the fucking mental institutions. Hey, that's why there's so many homeless people that don't get care, you guys. Never mind. Tell me again how fucking Ronald Reagan's a good president. Anyway, moving. Oh, he's also a rapist, but that's not the point. I guess all presidents are rapists, except for Carter. I can't see Carter being a rapist. <laughs> um, Just raping the peanuts. Above that is butane butane is a bastard gas it's a bastard episode there's some pretty all right parts and you're gonna watch it it's kind of like the middle of the road and in this case i'm gonna have to go ahead and give it to jimmy carter because like jimmy carter was an all rightish president but at the same okay. time a lot of people talk a lot of shit about him but you know what he negotiated the iran hostage crisis he gave up his peanut farm when he was elected but then he had his brother billy who really like was a thorn <laughs> in his side Billy Beer. I so I would definitely throw him in there. I I want to find a place for Teddy Roosevelt, and I can't think of a good place for him higher than this. So I'm gonna throw Teddy Roosevelt in butane. The dude was not the best president in the world, but he did give us all of our fucking national parks, and overall <laughs> has some really cool sayings. He's not nearly okay. as cool as his nephew, though. I I'm a big Roosevelt fan. I know he was kind of a racist, but like you know, politics of the time. You know, we're gonna give him. I know him he kind of was a huh. Gonna give him the finger to FDR. <laughs> Sorry, wrong Roosevelt, wrong Roosevelt. It's all right. God damn it, I'm giggling. <laughs> um. God damn it. <laughs> I, I ruined you, dude. See, I was gonna give Teddy my uh, uh my char king because like he invented the national park system, but. Um, okay. Uh, no, it's fine. We can mix it up a little bit. Um, <laughs> above that is, is our, uh, Char King rating. It's a really, really good episode of TV and an amazing episode of King of the Hill. There's a couple little hangups in it. There might be a couple little pieces that don't 
just land just right. Or, or, or it's an episode like, um, oh shit. What was the one we gave that should have been a blue flame, but couldn't cause you needed the context. Um, oh, shit, fuck, there's been remember. a lot. <laughs> no, I know. But lot. like it was, you needed the context of it. Otherwise you wouldn't appreciate it. I can't think of it offhand. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but it's like, it's a really solid episode. You're always really happy to see it. It's not a bad episode. You're not going to turn it off. Hell, you might be bored. You got 20 minutes to kill on Hulu. You're going to throw this one on. And in that case, it's going to be Gerald Ford. He really didn't do anything bad. He was a pretty all right as president. <laughs> he pardoned Nixon, like though, so that's a big sticking point. But he likes beer and nachos. And watching the football game. And uh, watching I would... football. <laughs> I would give this, I'm going to split this between two because I already know who my, my blue flames are. So okay. uh, my charking uh, presidents here, because there's two of them, one of them is FDR because damn did that dude do a lot of good and it's why he got elected like six fucking times. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to give it to the last gunslinger, John F. Kennedy. Because Ooh. there is nothing more American about a dude who basically made all of his money the bootleggy way. And got his got himself and his brother into political office and just fucked everything he could see and then just annihilated it until he somebody had to come along and silence him. Is that a Marilyn Monroe joke or is that a getting rid of the mafia and CIA joke? It can be a little bit of both because I'm Fantastic. just that smart. <laughs> okay. God damn so right. So those those <laughs> those two were. I'm also really kings. proud of us. We're really doing well with these, like <laughs> I'm really curious to see who your blue flame is. Um, well, you called my blue flame. My blue flame of val- valor is FDR. He pulled us out of the worst depression in American history. They elected him six goddamn times. He was so popular. The American, like, we had to say, okay, you can't do this more than twice now. Like, that's how cool Roosevelt was. He was amazing. Like, we need another fucking Roosevelt. Like, oh, I love Roosevelt. He, was, he wasn't really big on, like, military-industrial shenanigans. He really wasn't into war. But then when, like, the time came to go to war, he's like, all right, well, time to put our fucking ankles in it. Like, I love, I love, love, love Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He is our blue flame of valor president. He is the best president we will have. Like, oh, amazing. Fantastic man. Amazing, fantastic episode. The only caveat is you need the context to understand the episode. If you don't have that context, you're going to lose it. And our, I think, Johnny, you and I can agree that our blue flamiest of blue flames is a firefighting we will go, an episode that you yes. can show to anybody at all. Yes. And they will they will just love it automatically. Who, who's, yours, or, who's yours yeah. blue flame? I'm curious. Uh, so uh, mine is also two. And it, we get to celebrate their con- fucking conjoined birthdays every February. Uh, it is the better of the George W's, Mr. George Washington, the founder of our country, and Mr. Oh, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Herbert Walker, and I was like, podcast over. <laughs> God, no. He was a one-termer. No one-termers. No, the, the, one of the, the founding father of our country and the one that arguably made it the best, po- po- best possible version of itself, at least as far as the 1850s could fucking concern, like... Those two. That's it. They're, they're, that is what everybody, why everybody knows them and why everybody associates them with American greatness. That is what we, I really wish we could have again, is that sort of loyalty and that sort of just like transparency. Also point of order. You know? He didn't want presidency. And I think that's a really cool thing. I don't think yeah. you should want to be president. Yeah. I think glory ought to be thrust upon you. But, Absolutely. all right, so from... Ooh, I gotta amend mine. Dick Nixon's the worst president. Whatever. Dick Nixon's the charcoal. Anyway, hey, from he, Dick he gives Nixon. Us a tricky dick fun bill. 
<laughs> From charcoal to blue flame, what are you giving the perils of pulling, Johnny? Or shoot him in the back while no one's looking. Um, <laughs> I also <laughs> express interest for that type of beer. <laughs> man, man never drank a duff in his life. Uh, I gave Perils of Pulling a butane. It's middle of the road. It's okay. It gives me a weird sense of pride in my country sometimes when I watch this. Um, okay. But only, it's very fleeting in this episode. Like, it, it reminds me why it, it was important for me to to vote in 2008 and 2012 and 2016 and 2020. I've already fucking voted four times for president and I've only lost one. So I'm three for four. So I'm feeling okay. pretty damn good about that. Um, yeah, I, it's, this is, this is a, an example of how I really wish, like, Hank's belief in our system and what he imparts on the win. That's how I truly wish our system worked, even though the bastard inside me knows that it never will. Yeah. How about I, you, man? I, yeah. Um, I gave this a charcoal. I hate this episode. I don't think there's anything good about it. There's nothing redeeming about wow. it. Dale and Hank calling okay. around at the outlet malls. It's a cute little bit, but like, man, I'm getting really, really tired of having to see Dale save the goddamn episode. Like, yeah, there's so many of these lately that Dale is the only reason that this episode is watchable. And I am to the point now where I am done using the Gribble Pass and it just doesn't work anymore. Like, nah, charcoal. Sure. This comes on my queue again. I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to skip it. Um... Animal cruelty is never funny. Animal exploitation is not cool. Don't fucking do it. Next. Let's get out of here. Let's let's go on to the far superior episode. Uh, the Buck Stops Here, episode 86. We have an original air date, November 5th, 2000. So they waited a whole month. Damn you, MLB. Uh, I didn't bother looking up who was playing the World Series. Uh, if it was 2000, I'm pretty sure it was either the Yankees or that was the year that the Arizona Diamondbacks won their one and only World Series. Uh, it also could have been... No, 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 no. They last one in the 90s. It's not the Braves. Uh, more than likely, it was the Yankees, guys. We'll just say that. Uh, okay. Our cast of our writer for this is... Uh, I was going to do cast, but let's do writer. Our writer is Norm Hiscock, so he's back. Okay. Um, he's always got some good stuff to, to say. And then our cast of characters, it's a long one here. We have Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Conman and Connie Supanusampone, Buck Strickland, and then a bunch of cameos. Lupino, Bradley, Corky Raywood, Rooster, Vargas, Carla, Security Guard, Lane Prattley, the horse's ass that he is, <laughs> and a bunch of unnamed women and boys. Eh, they're not people. The boys, Clark, I mean, like... women are people. Women are people. The caddies aren't people. They're effectively <laughs> the like little people. slaves. Yeah, you hate Corky <laughs> Raywood. He's the, he's the head of the membership committee, Mark. Um... <laughs> Let's hear a synopsis from 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 me. Yeah. <laughs> As I die, I'll I'll... Just man, I just, I just fucking love you. I just fucking love you. That's all there is to it. You just, I just, yeah, I'm great. Give me your synopsis, homie. Uh, Bobby gets to caddy for Buck at the country club, and after developing a friendship, gets into a scuffle in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and Peggy gives blood. Uh, A-story characters, Bobby, Buck, and Hank. Uh, B-story, because we actually have a legit B-story for the first time in a while, Peggy and Min, and it's a fun B-story. I, I like it when Peggy and Min get competitive with each other. Yes. Mostly because usually it means I'm going to get a bunch of sassy-ass men, and that's always good. I love men. <laughs> I know I've talked a lot of, I know I've talked a lot of good shit about men, but man, I love men so much. Yeah. Um, notes. You got some notes? I, I don't have a lot of notes. This was one of those ones where I sat back and enjoyed it. But so here nice. we go. Uh, number one, of course, it was Taxi Reruns, Hank. For Christ's sake, Taxi in what, like, 82? Thank you very much. <laughs> um, Did you know uh, that Taxi Buck, is the reason we have The Simpsons? Is it? 
Yeah, one of the main producers is uh, James L. Brooks of Taxi, oh, and he wow. made his bones <laughs> there, and then now has gone on to do 34 seasons of The Simpsons. I did not know that, no. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, next time you talk shit on Taxi, just remember where it, where it got you. I've never watched an episode of Taxi. I don't even know what Taxi <laughs> is. Um, I just know that they play the reruns on Nick at Night. It's um, 70s and 80s trash. It's okay. Okay, cool. It's like, it's what? It's Cheers with Cars, right? Like, that's it. And Danny DeVito's in it, and Christopher Lloyd is in it, right? I think so. Yeah, I I, I have no clue. Maybe that's what we ought to. I know we're talking about, like, what do we do after King of the Hill? Maybe we should watch all of Taxi, Johnny. Um, Oh, God. (laughs) uh, This episode really cements, like, uh, the the definite one sidedness in Buck and Hank's relationship. Uh, Buck only sees Hank as his bitch. After 20 years, Hank has been Buck's bitch for 20 years. Real deep swell of pity for Hank. Um, I like Buck's robe monogram, the BS for Buck Strickland. I just think it's funny. Yeah. Like, I just, I really like it. I don't know why, but it's like, man, because Buck Strickland's just full of shit. And then, did he give Bobby a hot toddy? Oh, of course. Okay, because Bob, yeah, I, I really think he did. I, I just think that's kind of funny. And For then, listeners that don't know uh, what a hot toddy is, it's basically a mixture of lemon juice, cinnamon, hot tea, honey, and a shot of whiskey. That's why this is confusing. And he's right, it will mellow you out. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, Josh and I drank them. I had my first one on uh, Two Wizards uh, last, uh, two years ago in December, and I did not like it. Anyway. Interesting. Um, and finally, why would you cheat at singles golf? I see. I don't know. And also, you're just he playing wasn't by yourself. Because like, there's the one where like, and he's playing Lane Prattley and Bobby. He's a horse's ass anyway. And like, yeah, that's fine. If you got money on the game, yeah, I get cheating at it. But like, if you're just out there playing with yourself, who the hell cares? I don't. It, whatever. It's like cheating at bowling. Like, why would you just? just it's shut up. It's true, but for Buck Strickland, that is so on point because he, Buck Strickland can't stand it. He has to like do it for himself. Okay, okay, that's fine. I'll give you that. That's fine. Yeah. Well, uh, give me some of your notes. I don't have too many here. Uh, Mark, have you ever gone ice blocking? I want to, but I've never been around a block of ice big enough. So I, you can buy big, big ass, like five pound, ten pound blocks of ice at the grocery store. At least you used to be able to. Oh, we, right s- we still up. sell them. Yeah. Yeah, and. Um, there is a really good hill right by my mom's house off of... Well, I'm not going to say where my mom lives. Uh, there's a really good hill right by my mom's house. And when I was in high school, the girl I lost my virginity to and I went ice blocking for like six straight hours one night. Because wow. it is fun as hell. And we just kept going until the big ass block of ice broke. You just got to bring something to uh, like basically pad in between your ass and the ice. Otherwise, you're going to melt a lot faster than you'd expect. But okay. it's a lot of fun. It's definitely worth your worth a shot if you get a chance to do it. I can come um, up with a ten pound block ice like that. Yeah. Amendment, Johnny. When you're down, we're gonna eat five pounds of steak. We're gonna get vasectomies, and then we're gonna go ice blocking. Hell yeah! <laughs> um, this is our first mention of Ray Roy. Yes, it is. And I will but give after these twenty guys years, props. he's too embarrassed to notice or to ask. It's, it's true. I'm gonna give these guys props because this is something that you wouldn't expect. This is a throwaway line. From Buck in yeah. this episode, and we won't meet Ray Roy for 10 seasons, it feels like. Like, I think he is in the very last season. It's the next time they bring him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Rainbow Jacket episode. Um, 
I've got the, I got a weird one though, really quick. Uh, as long as we're talking about Bucks bastards, he has a um Asian son, right? I think so. Okay, cool. Just I feel like he mentions him. I don't know where. I don't know when. And maybe I'm confusing right. um, Buck Strickland with uh, Bob Kelso from Scrubs because I know he's got okay. a bastard Vietnamese son. But I, put a pin in that one, I guess. Never mind. Sorry. Okay. No, you're good. Um, I'm gonna save the best one for last because I've got two more here. The song that is playing in Rooster's Crap Game is the most Texas song ever to be played in the middle of Arkansas. Do you know what song it is? I, you're gonna have to remind me, buddy. So it is arguably one of the greatest songs by probably, in in my personal opinion, the greatest blues guitarist of all time, Stevie Ray Vaughan. It is his song, Texas Flood. And it oh. is incredible. I grew up listening to this song, and you know what? There's a lot of bias here when I say it's arguably the best. It is so damn good. I just find it hilarious they're playing Texas Flood in the middle of Arkansas. That is, that's, that's pretty good. But he is, he is insanely good. If you want to just listen to somebody do the weird, amazing, wonky blues shit and just basically noodle on a fucking guitar and make you just feel ways about stuff that you never thought you could, just listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like, any of his shit is so good. Uh, and then the last one. Hey, Mark. Yes? Have you ever heard of a Greyhound jockey? It's no, but I've seen monkeys ride greyhounds before, like little capuchins. So does that count? <laughs> so greyhound jockeys or monkey jockeys were capuchin monkeys trained to ride racing dogs for sport over a five sixteenth mile. They they banned them and outlawed them in nineteen thirty eight. Buck is actually pretty spot on when he said they got rid of them in the forties. But wow. monkey jockeys are a real thing, and they had their own special saddle harnesses. Wow. You know, so, I've been to rodeos wow. where there's um, the where there's capuchin monkeys riding uh, blue healers. It's just like a little sight gag. Okay, but like, yeah, they'll they'll come out and it's like the littlest cowboy in the west, and like this blue healer comes running out. And there's this little fucking monkey tied to it, like holding on for dear life. But right. you know, it seems like he's having fun, so it's all good, I guess. Yeah, but that's what I got for notes. You want me to jump into pros? Hell yeah, I do. There's not a lot of pros or cons for me this episode because I sat back and watched a lot of it. Um, this was a sit back and watch for me. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. The the Peggy and Min rivalry is really good in this episode. Um, I love that Peggy goes to all these ridiculous lengths to get all, all – basically get one tiny little like 60-cent mug that says I gave blood. And at yeah. the end of it, she is like just wasted on the ground and just going, oh, yeah, this is going to be sweet. I love it. I absolutely love it. And men getting so pissed off about it makes it even better. Yes. Um, Buck's zingers in this episode, every single one, every like retort that he's got to somebody, they're all really, really good. Now, they're sometimes cruel, like his whole idea of, you ever seen a guy fish for 40 bucks and then just throws the 20s in the, the hot tub? That's kind of fucked up. That one's mean. But, yeah. For the most part, uh, like his uh, set that whore home in a taxi and and all this stuff. Like he's Buck is a scoundrel this episode. Got under more balls than a midget hooker. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my favorite which, moments. Which to me, maybe that's a con, Johnny, because Buck knows they like to be called little people anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. They like to be called little people, Hank. So the best pro that I can put in here, and it's not a favorite moment because it's too long to be a favorite moment. Mm-hmm. The most 
just like out of nowhere, completely out of the blue, like pull this out of my ass makes no context whatsoever line in this whole episode and maybe the series up to date is Bill talking about his dream where everyone is naked except for Hank, who has little tiny see-through underwear that don't help because you can still see everything. Where the hell did that come from? And why? Why do we not see more fallout from it? Because I really want to see the rest of that conversation. I bet you Bill has a weird underwear dream once a month. Oh, those are my pros, man. Give me some of your good stuff. Hell yeah. Number one, you already called it. Peggy and Min. Every single second of those two is amazing. They're sniping at each other in the very beginning of the blood bank. Um, yes. Yes. I love bitchy men, but I also love justified Peggy. Like, oh, God, every second they're on the screen is amazing. Like, yeah. Peggy just going balls deep into that orange. Oh. Yes, that's. I love that. I love her. Well, when that crane collapsed, they didn't have time to ask questions, which leads me to believe that she was driving around trying to donate blood and then saw or heard some like breaking news that a crane collapsed and showed up there and was like, yo, I'm universal. Come get it. And they did. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, Peggy's orange eating. You hit that one, too. Um, <laughs> Bobby's total avoidance of work in this episode even up into the guys pushing the ice blocks up the hill and Bobby is just following them doing jack shit. I think that's great. They really took the time to um, to, to make sure that Bobby wasn't going to do anything. Um, Buck slash Steven Root's delivery. It's like you're saying, man, you and I kind of have like shot for shot on pros here. Um, yeah. Uh, every, every one of Steven Root's deliveries in this is just amazing. Like... It's, oh God, blue flame to Steven Root. Give it to him once, give it to him again, all the damn time. Then send that whore home in a taxi. Oh, lethargic Peggy. I The the, the conclusion, when she's laying in the grass, holding the mug, that's going to taste <laughs> sweet. I love that. Dude, I, I want to know how the hell. Hatred of Peggy when she sees the mug and is defeated and then calls uh-huh. her out for it being a fake. Because, like, no, there's no way this hillbilly beat me. I love that. I love God, I love Peggy, and I want this... I Okay, I don't want it because I know that it wouldn't make it as good, but I would watch an episode of Peggy and men fighting over who's going to donate more blood. Like Right? I yeah. I want to know how Peggy got home, because if she is that jacked up while she's on the ground, like and you know that she was the one driving, too. It's oh, like, God, yeah, totally. what did that look like? <laughs> yeah, she's... Yeah, Peggy's messed up. Um, and finally, Rooster's crew. I really, really like Rooster's whole crew. He has the gigantic butch lesbian woman. He has the weird little midgety guy. Um, Rooster is a weird looking dude. I just like the weird, like, not multiculturalism, but what do you call that? Like, d- diversity. I love the yeah. diversity of, of Rooster's crew. I just appreciate it. I think it's cool. How about some cons, buddy? Um... Buck is a scoundrel this episode, almost yes, to the point is. of being unbearable. Yes, he is hilarious, but God, is he just scummy and piece of shit this whole episode. And it rubs off on Bobby, and I don't like that. Like, it's hard to watch because, yes, I expect Buck to not be a good person, and I can kind of get over it if he's going to be funny. But the fact that he drags Bobby down into it is not funny to me at, after, after a point. And yeah. like I don't I don't like seeing Bobby get basically scared for his life getting chased through very unsafe areas 
of, of Hot Springs, Arkansas in the middle of the night because he didn't want to stand in the alley where people are just sitting there like macking and puking and, and probably getting high and shit. Like it's it's a bad, bad environment. And it, I like I love Bobby too much to want to, want to watch him to go through it. So I really like that's that's my one big con for this is that Buck is awful and he Buck drags the rest of yeah. it down. And you hit it real, real good early on in this when you said that he has proven at this point that Hank is completely disposable for him. There's very one way relationship between the two of them. And that's really hard to see because there was some growth. We got to see some when they did the, uh, um, oh God, the snow job episode. Yeah. No, cause we don't see growth out of that though. Buck just realizes that cause he didn't, he even said that like he knew that, um, Oh, that idiot. What's that idiot's name, Johnny? Vickers. Lloyd, Lloyd Vickers. Um, he even says, like, oh, yeah, he knew he was the worst man for the job. He knew he was going to raise the prices. Like, he just kind of relies on Hank to be his, his patsy all the time. Yeah. I don't know. It's – I feel like we've grown to accept or or expect – not accept. Expect a little bit more out of Buck. And he really just, like – he proves just how shitty he is in this. I, I think he is shittier in this than he is like five episodes ago when he was planting evidence on Hank in order to get him in, in jail, put in jail. Yeah. I, like I don't it, know if I it's shittier, like separate but equally shitty events. But like, what is it yeah. like illegal gambling versus like evidence pl- tampering in a murder investigation? Yeah. Two very shitty things to do, but completely different in the shit spectrum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and he brings Hank's kid into it. That's the worst part. You don't yeah. buck with Bobby. Also but, that. Yeah. yeah. You you got any other cons or we kind of hit them all? No, I got a couple. Um, The security guard. Just like, man, I hate anybody that power trips. It just annoys me as a general rule. Okay. I guess I kind of appreciate him yelling at Bobby in the car about, do you know who that was? That was Corky Raywood, whatever. Oh God. Yeah. But then giving Hank your car, your truck is a foot from the drive or from the curb. I'm giving you a warning. You're not a cop. That's why it's a warning. Like, eh. I, I I hate security guards, especially when they think they matter. (laughs) You've known too many people like that is what it is. (laughs) Baby. You're telling me i am assistant produce manager in a grocery store jesus christ let me tell you bud um (laughs) hank's dick riding of buck i i it's man i don't know how hank can believe in buck strickland post um high anxiety yeah i just i i just can't buy it i don't buy that it's a thing that can exist and he's gonna keep believing in him and he's gonna keep dick riding on him and i just we get real mad at um naive Peggy we need to get mad at dick riding Hank I think a little bit like yeah it's his biggest fault um I kind of bitched about this in our last episode but animal exploitation dog racing is gross knock it off I get that it gave us you know Santa's little helper and then 102 greyhound pups and why is Santa's little helper trying to jump that other dog like whatever but (laughs) I just hate it I just I hate all of it horse racing is cool I guess if you're into it but I for some reason that's less exploitative but like I just I don't like it I don't know it's weird to me um Hank showing up at the construction site is a very deus ex machina moment for me okay he has no reason to know why this is here but also Bobby has to like get through a fence 
How does Hank get his truck through a fence? Hank's not going to blow through a gate in a construction site. Hank probably, like, respects construction sites and thinks that they're, like, you know, part of, like, American culture or some shit. I don't know, but... Goddamn. Right. I, I don't like that. That really throws me off in this. But, whatever. It has to happen. I get it. But, yeah. But that's all I've got. Like, it's not really a lot of cons. How about favorite no, moments? No, it's... Yeah. Um, we've already named all three of mine. Okay. Got, a, got up under more balls than a midget hooker. Ms. Liz, two hot toddies. And of course, Mark, one that I use every time I see you, whether it's needed or not, and completely out of context. Lane Prattley is a horse's ass. <laughs> Nobody else understands why that's funny except for you, and it's why I say it. Because really, Thanks, he is. Yes, he is. But his daddy his ain't, daddy doing, ain't well, doing so, so well. <laughs> oh! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Perfect oh, right there. Oh, man. <laughs> Listeners, this is why. This is why Mark and I are doing this shit, because we have our own, basically, language of shit like this. <laughs> Fantastic. Give me some of your favorite moments, buddy. I Okay. I really, really like any time, 90% of the time, that Buck and Bobby are together, um, but I can't call that one. Um it's it, my favorite is, 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 and I'm just, I just wrote it like this bloodless Peggy. I love blood drained Peggy. She's great. <laughs> She's hilarious. Laying yeah. in the grass. That's going to taste sweet. Like I just, I love yeah. it. I love men's hate. I love, Oh God. Really? I could say the entire B plot is my favorite moment. Like, yeah. I also appreciate that. Like the two are completely independent from each other. Yeah. It's nice to see it's two nice. B plots that are not even connected at all. I, I like that a little we bit. We haven't had that for a while. It's been a minute, yeah. What are you uh what are you gonna rate this bad boy, Johnny? Uh so initially I gave it a butane. Uh, okay. because Buck is Buck really rubs me the wrong way, even though he is hilarious in this. Really the wrong way. But I, I'm gonna amend it and I'm gonna give it a Buking instead. I think it's definitely deserving of that because as scummy as he is, we get some fantastic lines. I have lines, like I said, that I say every single time I see to you that come directly from this episode. And, you know, it, it's it's got its moments and it's a it's an entertaining story and it is very satisfying to see the last 30 seconds Buck get a little bit of his comeuppance where he just gets nailed in the face. Yeah. And Hank knows that he's going to get nailed in the face. So, I do. I do appreciate I do appreciate that. We're like, I know I'm bitching about Hank's dick riding, but I do appreciate like Hank not letting Buck ride in the cab with him on the way home. Like yep. maybe, and, and maybe it's just something as simple as like, you can treat me like shit because I'm your employee, but that's my boy. You're not allowed to treat him like this. And I do appreciate yep. that. Yeah. But so I'm going to give it a you King. Okay. Well, oddly enough here, Johnny, if you and I haven't already like, Perform the perfect fusion dance this entire episode and read each other's minds. I also gave it a buking for literally every single same reason that you did. So Wonderful. yeah, buking. Yeah, I. It's fine. It's a. It's a really good episode. It's better than a butane, but it's not quite a charking. But yeah, it's a buking. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just a buking, but I have. I do have one final question for you, Johnny. Okay, let's hear it, buddy. Do you still like King of the Hill? You know, Mark, I uh, can confidently tell you that I still love King of the Hill. How about yourself, man? It's better than Family Guy. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> Where can those good people find us, Johnny? The good people of internet and podcast land can find us at Dango Podcast. That's at Dango Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram and DangoPodcast at gmail.com if you are into that whole sort of thing. They can find me on Twitter, at least for the moment until Elon Musk silences me, at KrautBallStream. Kraut is in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in the Uachita River in Hot Springs, Arkansas. How about you, Mark? Well done, sir. I'm. You know what? I'm not even mad that you went back to your goddamn river bit. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm connecting. I'm connecting. You're doing fine. No, it was great. I loved it. Uh, you can find me... Oh, man. Never mind. Well, here, I got one for you, too. You can find you at Krautball Stream. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut, balls and Swedish meatball. And Stream as in the piss that Lyndon Bain Johnson used to hang on the White House lawn in front of reporters. Um, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter.com. You can find me at our sister podcast, The Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh discuss a variety of weird topics. I don't know what we talked about this week because this episode is going to air in like eight and a half weeks. But goddammit, I can guarantee it was a good episode. And uh, yeah, let's get the hell out of here, buddy. Alrighty. Well, thank you all for listening. And as always, enjoy your evening. We love you all, everyone. Thank you for listening. Good night, guys. 